Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome, welcome, welcome to our Sunday Dialogue. I am Prophet Shante Charles, and this is Life Nation. I want to thank you for your time and for your attention today as we begin to dive into the Word. But I just want to sing a little bit of this simple worship song as we get started. I just want to love you more. I just want to love you more. I just want to love you more than yesterday. I just want to love you more. I just want to love you more i just want to love you more than yesterday lord i just want to follow you i just want to follow you i just want to follow you more than yesterday amen heavenly father we thank you for this day we thank you for your goodness your mercy your grace your loving kindness that you continue to extend toward us we ask oh god that you have your divine way today that you speak through me through the power of the holy spirit through the revelation of the holy spirit we ask, O oh God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Father. You are my Lord and my Redeemer. Thank you for those that will come and hear this message under the sound of my voice. I pray abundance. I pray grace. I pray, pray peace. I pray strengthening. I pray your righteous endeavors be released into their life and into their hearts. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray, believe, and receive. Amen and amen. So good afternoon. I am so, so very thankful um, to be with you all on this Sunday. It has been a trying past week, but nevertheless, we are here and God has prevailed and God has healed us and God has set us free and we are very very thankful for it um, i also want to thank all of you um, our life nation family and partners as well as our we dare squad partners um, that came alongside me and lifted up apostle robert this past week as he was dealing with his um, medical challenges and we thank god that he is healed and that he is back with us this sunday so let's move into the rest of our series. We are actually on part four. We are going to be finishing up, Lord willing, next Sunday with part five. And um, we will not be holding a service on Christmas on December 25th. So if you want to um, hear from us before the year is over, we may be coming on on December 30th. Um, cause I know the Lord has been speaking to apostle Robert and also 
myself for some things that are coming in 2023. Um, but we will put out an announcement for that much be uh, way before December 30th, uh, just to make sure that we'll be on. Today, we are back in our series on spiritual laws of divine power. Again, spiritual laws of divine power. And uh, we've started out with the acronym power, which is what the Lord gave me. And we started out talking about purity and how purity works as a spiritual law to give us divine power. And then we talked about origin and our origin story and how knowing your origin, knowing where you come from, um, knowing who, where it is uh, that, that you stand in this world, right? Knowing who has originated you and knowing where God has sent you into the world is a part of that divine power. Then we talked about wisdom and the power that wisdom has in our life to bring us into a place of divine power. And now today we're going to talk about excellence. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now I will tell you that this is one of my husband's favorite subjects, um, but we're going to dive in and we're going to look at some things surrounding excellence. And then we're going to take a look at a man of excellence in the scriptural text today. So uh, as usual, you all know, I'm a prophetic teacher. I always like to start out with a little bit of a review and some definitions for us. So what is power? Power is the ability to act or produce an effect. It's the ability to have influence over others. It is authority. It is jurisdiction. It is the right to govern or rule or to determine a thing. And last Sunday, we talked about how wisdom, a part of wisdom is about understanding what is your right to talk about understanding do you have what whether or not you have the right or the jurisdiction or as some people say is this in your pay grade or is this above your pay grade um, to be talking about or to be sharing and expressing and so when we talk about power we always want to ask ourselves three questions what actions do we want to take what effect do we want to have and what and who do we want to influence? Again, what action do we want to take? What effect do we want to have? And what or who do we want to influence? Now, we also talked about how there are different levels of power, different levels of power. And there is expert power. This is derived from having knowledge, a specific set of skills. But in order to have this expert not this expert power, you must continue to grow and develop in order to keep this power going. So it's not a static power. It's a power that can um, be taken from you if you don't maintain or increase in your expertise. Then there is connective power. This is the power that you derive by gaining favor or being a resource to people. This too can be a power that is lost or a power that is gained. We see this all the time, um, especially in political realms and political circles, right? When there is a change of the guard or there is a change of a cabinet 
Sometimes the connective power that a person may have established is lost in that exchange. So it's a resource, being able to be a resource to other people. This kind of power can lead to burnout if you're not careful. Because being the go-to person means that everybody is sometimes pulling on you for this lever of power that you have. It can also lead to resentment. As we said, when there is a loss of this connective power. Then there is legitimate power. This is power that's derived from holding a specific position or office. Again, this can be lost. We've seen this happen with political coups. Um, just recently, there were several people throughout Germany that were arrested because they were attempting underground. They had a movement going on where they were attempting to get ready to overthrow the German government, but it was stopped. And so several people were arrested. Why? Because they were attempting a coup. They were trying to um, delegitimize the legitimate powers that were already established to set up their own. And then there is what is called referent power. This is the power that most of us want to hopefully receive. This is the power where you gain it because people resonate with you. They resonate with your energy, your spirit. They resonate with your integrity and your character. And this is a power that is value-based. It's ethics-based. People receive this kind of power because they see something reflected within you, right? This is where you become an icon or you become a role model or you become a trend setter. And so, yeah, this is, this is powerful. This is this referent power. Okay. Now, what does excellent mean? It means greatness, distinction, to surpass the standard or the norm. Comes from the word excellere, which means to be preeminent or to excel or to be outstanding. It means someone who is of superior merit. Someone who moves in an uncommon way. Someone who is valuable and high ranking. So what defines excellence? What really defines excellence? There's a couple of things, but all of it is centered around this one word. So I want you to pay attention to this. Excellence defined as consistency in good character. Consistency in attitude, consistency in quality, consistency in standards. Did you hear the key word there that defines excellence? The key word there is consistency. So excellence is not just about being good one time or for one moment or for one event. It's not about coming through 
in having good quality one time. It's not about holding a standard for one moment or one time. It's about what you do consistently that breeds or defines what excellence is. So excellence then becomes a process by which we continue to remain teachable. We continue to grow. We continue to hold up a standard. We continue in good character. We continue to provide quality in whatever it is that we are doing, whether that's quality in how we carry ourselves and treat ourselves, or whether that's quality in what we're outputting and sharing to the world. So excellence is quality over quantity. If you're taking notes today, I want you to put that down. Excellence is quality over quantity. Being excellent will cause you to be a person that puts your health and your well-being first. It's a state of quality. And quality begins with ourselves. It doesn't begin outward. It begins inward. An excellent person is self-aware. They're aware of their weaknesses, but they're also aware of their strengths. And in self-awareness, we recognize that we don't know everything. We don't have all of the answers, right? So even in our self-awareness, we do realize, hey, I have some blind spots. I don't see everything about myself that needs correcting. So a person who operates in excellence is not just going to um, be self-aware of their weaknesses and their strengths, but they're also going to say, I need help to see the things that I cannot see about myself. So they are not above asking for help to be consistently excellent. A person who is operating in excellence is a person who trusts their intuition. Now I've taught on this before, but I'll just reiterate it here. You have in your body, not just your spiritual senses, but you have a bodily sense called the gut brain. Some people refer to it as intuition, but it is a signal within your body. It's the second brain in your body that checks you. Your body provides a sensory check for you that something is not right. And a person of excellence does not bypass that gut check. A person of excellence has their own high standards. They are self-guided. They are self-motivated. They have an internal drive to produce something of good character, of quality, and of high standard. When you come across and encounter an excellent person, you're not having to browbeat them into this process. They have an intrinsic desire and need to want to have a high standard. Excellent people have a plan. Now, I do want to say this. This is my caveat for the plan. 
If you're a neurodivergent person like myself, your plan may not always look like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> your plan may look like A, G, F, H, X, Z, Y, back to A. But people of excellence do have a plan. So if you are encountering a person of excellence and they may be neurodivergent, you might need to communicate a little bit more with them to find out, hey, how do you think? How does your plan operate? Because it may not be that straightforward path that other people are used to seeing, all right? Excellent people do not sacrifice creativity and innovation. Let me say that again. Excellent people do not sacrifice creativity and innovation. They are willing to dig into and dive into the creative and innovative part of themselves. They aren't afraid of it. They set goals. They set realistic and measurable goals. Excellent people are singly focused with multiple ways to achieve their focus. I'm going to say that again. Excellent people are singly focused, but they have multiple ways of achieving their focus. Sometimes when you see excellent people and they have what sometimes we might call a lot of irons in the fire, and you're like, why are you doing this? Why are you investing here? Why are you giving here? Why are you promoting this? Usually all of those multiple things are still leading back to the one focus. So I don't want you to miss that about people who operate in excellence because we might be saying they're doing the most, but they're usually still singly focused, okay? Excellent people know how to pivot and they know how to constantly adjust. They don't get stuck on something that is not working. They say, okay, this is not working. How do I move beyond this? How do I move past this? How do I adjust? How do I pivot? How do I move forward? Excellent people learn to automate the things in their life that will not change. Why? Because again, they're singly focused. So those things that are constants in their life, they're usually trying to delegate those things. So whether it's something as simple as checking the email, whether it's something as simple as auto repairs, whether it's something as simple as what am I going to be eating for the next week? Whatever it is that can be automated, that is an, that is an everyday ordinary task that's not going to change, those are the things that they try to automate because they're trying to shave off time so that they can focus in on their one thing or that single focus the most important things. Doesn't mean that your ordinary cyclic activities aren't important, but they realize those things can be automated. Um, I believe Bishop T.D. Jakes put it this way. He said, 
focusing on the best and highest use of your time. How do I get to be excellent? I began to focus on the best and highest use of my time. So I want you to think about that going into 2023. Are you focusing in on your best and highest use of your time? Excellent people move, operate, and live out of a place of love. Remember, excellence has a consistency of doing things in good character. So excellent people are not trying to move out of anything but love. If it's not characterized by love, if it's not flowing from a place of love, you're not really going to find excellent people doing it. Excellent people are always trying to work smarter and not harder. Smarter and not harder. They're usually trying to rest between tasks or things that they have to accomplish so that they're not getting burned out. A lot of times I've saw, I've seen people um, this year talk about how they're trying to find balance in life, balance in life, balance in life. And I remember distinctly toward the beginning of this year, the Lord said to me, they're not really trying to find balance. They're actually trying to find harmony. Because harmony is what allows things in your life that may be on different levels to work in concert with each other so you can continue to move forward. So if you're looking for 50-50 in all areas of your life, you may not achieve that. But if there's something in your life that's operating at 40 and something that's operating at 30, something that's operating at 20 and something that's operating at 10, sometimes those things will shift in percentages, but it's still 100%. So I want you to think again, as you move into 2023, think about, am I looking for balance in my life or am I looking for harmony? Because harmony is what allows all the parts to work together. Excellent people trust in their divine creator. Excellent people trust in their divine creator. So when we think about excellence, one thing that we do know is that excellence catches our attention. Excellence captures our heart. And excellence most certainly stands out from the crowd. Again, it is out of the ordinary. It is above the norm. It is someone who stands out. It is someone who supersedes the norm. As I was doing this study, I heard the spirit distinctly say, excellence is progression, not perfection. Excellence is progression, not perfection. Because when we think about perfection, we think about without flaw, without blemish. But perfection 
in the scriptural sense actually means mature. So an excellent person is always working toward a place of maturity, but also understand understanding that they are not there yet. It's a process. It's a progression. They're continually moving toward maturity. Excellence is also a heart issue. Why is it a heart issue? Because it reflects your moral character. Again, excellence is a consistency in good moral character. How do we know something is excellent? Because it's not achieved through immorality. It's not achieved by cheating. You cannot be a cheater and call yourself excellent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Excellence is not achieved by compromise, but it's actually achieved through purity, through righteous acts, through holiness, and through a process called sanctification. Because sometimes you are being asked by very nature of what it means to be excellent, you are literally setting yourself apart. You are sanctifying yourself for a particular purpose or a particular use, which means if you're going to stand out from the crowd, you can't blend in with the crowd at the same time. You can't do what the crowd is doing and say you're excellent. So excellence is not just about having skillful hands or a skillful mind, but it's also about having a sanctified heart, a set aside, set apart heart in order to do what it is that you're called to do. What, what are you here for? What have you been put on the earth to accomplish? Excellence is a response to God's grace. Again, what is the grace on your life allowing you to do? Some of us have grace to be incredible singers. Some of us have grace to be incredible thinkers and teachers and philosophers and scholars. Some of us have grace to think in a way that brings healing to people's bodies. Some of us have grace to orate the word in a way that people will understand it. Some of us have grace to build structures for human habitation that lasts for more than 25 days, doesn't fall apart, right? So we have to think about my excellence is a response to the grace of God on my life. And because of that, and I living in a way that recognizes that I cannot live half-heartedly if I'm going to be a person of excellence. I have to give my best, not my best friend's best, not my parents' best, not my pastor's best, but I have to give my best into the world. When you're a person of excellence and you recognize that this excellence that's on you, that's in you, is a response to God's grace on your life, you are no longer holding back with God. 
You are doing everything that he has set you here to do with passion. So excellence is the work of God in us. So I'm going to ask you today, are you living in excellence? Are you living at your full capacity? Are you doing things half-heartedly? Are you ending this year tired and you're just kind of throwing up your hands and throwing in the towel and just putting anything out into the world because you're tired? Or are you giving your best? Are you doing things with passion? Grace, the Holy Spirit told me, grace does not run on the fuel of mediocrity. Mm. Grace does not run on the fuel of mediocrity. So what is character? Character then becomes the structure of your habits, which are formed by your actions. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, excellence doesn't come by hoping, but by habit. Excellence doesn't come by hoping, but by habit. Consistently moving in a virtuous and ethical way. Deciding that you are going to set yourself apart. Which brings us to the text today. Let's look at Daniel 6. We're going to be looking at the entirety of the sixth chapter. I will be reading it from you to, for you today in the NIV. I'm using my tablet here. Daniel 6, starting at verse 1. And I want you, as I read the text, I want you to take some notes for yourself. Because we've talked about excellence, but I want to see if you can start to pull out from the text some ways in which excellence shines through with Daniel. See if you can pull out some adjectives and some descriptors and some key points. And let's, let's see if what you pull out and what I pull out aligns. Let's do that. Reading Daniel 6, starting at verse 1. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. The king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy 
and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, quote, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have, keyword, all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree? that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, well, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he knew it was a setup. Mm-hmm. He was greatly distressed. Mm-hmm. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought in place over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of his nobles, which if I'm counting, that's at least 123 other seals. So that Daniel's situation might not be changed. (laughs) Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, uh uh-huh, fasting, and without any entertainment, because he couldn't be entertained by this, being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. 
When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found what? <laughs> I was found innocent in right. his sight. Right. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Falsely accused. We're going to talk about why it was a false accusation. They were thrown in along with their wives and children. Oh my God. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Before they reached the floor. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth at that time. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. Does your God rescue and save? He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel prospered in the reign of two people who did not serve his God. Now let's Let's go. As good we reading, say. good reading, good reading. This is what the Holy Spirit said to tell you today. And I hope that you heard in the text the ways in which this applies to you. He said, excellence will go to war for you. Excellence will go to war for you. Excellence will keep you alive. Uh. I just want you to just sit with that for a moment. Your excellence will go to war for you. Your excellence will keep you alive. Remember, Daniel had distinguished himself among all of the other people that were administrators, leaders, governors. He had distinguished himself with the king. They could find no grounds for charges against Daniel because there was no corruption in him. 
He was not doing what other people were doing. There was nothing that they could play into. There was nothing that they could blackmail Daniel over. Daniel wasn't playing the dirties in the background. He wasn't doing anything that could be held over his head. He also was not negligent in any of his responsibilities. He was a man of excellence. So what did they do? What do people who aren't excellent do? Come on. (laughs) If you're excellent, you know You've already come up against people who are not excellent and sometimes people who are mediocre and sometimes people who are outright corrupt where you are. So what did they decide to do? They decided to gang up on the excellent one because that's what unexcellent people do. They gang up on the person that is excellent. Why? Because they want to delegitimize your excellence. Why? Because most of the time, you're usually the person that's up for promotion. Right. (laughs) Can I talk to you for a moment, okay? So they lied on him. And how do we know it was a lie? Because they went before the king and they said, everybody has agreed to this. Well, we know everybody hadn't agreed to it. How do we know everybody hadn't agreed to it? Because Daniel knew nothing about this decree that they supposedly said everybody agreed to. Don't you think if everybody had gone before the king and they start laying out this decree that Daniel would have objected? Of course, Daniel would have objected because he prays to his God three times a day facing Jerusalem. So there's no way in the world that Daniel would have agreed to this kind of decree. So they lied in the king's face and said, oh, we all got together and and decided this was a good idea. Now go ahead and sign it. (laughs) Hurry up. Go ahead and sign it. So now you have roped the king into a false agreement. And you have stamped it with the law that cannot be repealed. The very person that he was set to promote, you decided to put him in the middle of persecuting that person. You have in essence tied the hands of the king. I want you to think about that. That's good one. And the king now realizes that his hands are tied. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to think about this excellent people. Because the king says, Daniel, I don't believe in your God. So I'm not going to pray to your God. You pray. But I'm going to do all the other things that I, as a non-believer, can do. Oh, my. I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to put down my plate. I'm going to cease entertainment. I'm going to cease being distracted in this moment. 
I don't want anything to entertain me away from this moment. I don't want anything to draw my attention away from this moment. And I'm not going to get any sleep until there is an outcome. Now he's doing all of this as an unbelieving king. (laughs) And we can't get believers sometimes to put down their plate for 24 hours. I just want you to think about that. So when Daniel realizes, going back, when Daniel realizes that he has not been included in this so-called plan, Daniel doesn't stop being, what's that word, that C word that we talked about, that excellent people do? Consistent. Daniel doesn't stop his consistency, even upon threat of death. He prays as an act of civil disobedience against an unjust, patriotic, national law. Daniel refused to stand for the flag. Oh, I'm sorry. Daniel refused to participate in the patriotic idolatry that had been set up. Because he still trusted that whatever was about to go down, that his God was going to deliver him. So what happens when the excellent one is trapped? They seal him off. The king fasts, he stays awake, there's no entertainment. And on the other side, he comes out with no wounds, with no scars from this trial. What stopped the attack on Daniel? His excellence, his purity, his integrity. He said, I was found innocent. I have not done any wrong to the king. Not one wound was upon Daniel. Oh, but those who falsely accused, those who lacked integrity, those who actually had done wrong by the king because they entrapped the king with their lie to create a law that could not be repealed Because they started the lie, they not only entrapped themselves, but they also caused their own wives and children, their generations, to be overpowered and crushed. This is why I will always say, you don't have to pay people back. Because ungodliness will do the crushing. Ungodliness crushes people. Daniel didn't have to touch them. Ungodliness crushed the people. But excellence preserved him. As I close today, I want to tell you this. Everybody's not going to like your excellence. 
Everybody's not going to cheer for you to be excellent. Some people may even despise you being excellent. Some people may plot against your excellence. Some people may try to undermine your excellence. Some people may even try to drag other people into their plot to take you out because your excellence intimidates them, threatens their position, threatens their way of life. And rather than moving in a path of excellence themselves, they'd rather take out any remnant of excellence. But I want you to know, and I want you to believe today that the angel of the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will be with you in your time of need. Understand this is a spiritual law of divine power. Excellence will rescue you from the deeds of those who are not. Excellence will go to war for you. Excellence will keep you alive. So operate in excellence. Don't be afraid to be excellent. Don't be afraid to say, yes, I will excel. Yes, I am going to be superior. Yes, I will live an uncommon life. Yes, I will value myself enough to set myself apart to move in excellence. I'm going to be consistent in my character. I'm going to be consistent in my attitude. I'm going to be consistent in the quality of life that I put out. I'm going to be consistent in my standards. And I'm going to trust in God to protect me and raise me up. To protect me from people who mean me no good. And continue to raise me up and elevate me and promote me because of my excellence. And at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Apostle Rafael. Ah, my, my, my Jesus, my Adonai, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Glory to God. We thank God for being with you today. We thank you, God, for yet another action-packed, juicy piece of uh, message of strong meat for us to feast upon today with Daniel. Daniel is probably, if not the second or one of the very highest messengers in his lifestyle in the scripture that I admire beyond Christ. Christ, Moses, Daniel. Daniel was a man of excellence as Prophet Shante so meticulously detailed to us today her messaging. But there is one thing in the scripture that she wrote in the very first chapter of Daniel about the kingship. It says the king in verse 23 was greatly pleased when he trusted in the God of Daniel which is really 
a unicorn type of experience for kings. Kings do not worship other gods. They do not honor and bring homage to other gods outside of who they were. They believe they were gods themselves in many, many instances. Okay. So the king was greatly pleased and ordered that Daniel be taken out of the den. He had to order it. People will maliciously have you imprisoned. He was a prisoner of the state for praying. Nothing malicious. He shed no blood. He did no nothing deceptive. He spoke against no one. There was no law that he <laughs> there's no current law that he broke. People invented and put together legislation based upon his actions of excellence in order to outlaw it. So one of the most important things we must hear from this scripture and this passage is that people will see your excellence and they will conjure together and legislatively enact bondage or things that would, are intent to injure you. When you look into the field of law or contracts, the word injure, when people devise something where it harms the party, is intent to injure. They had legislative intent to injure. This is something that we see in our current civilization of 2022. People will come and invent legislation in an effort to injure those who are upright. One of the most formidable places where this occurs is in the state of Florida, where they put together legislation intent on injuring those who are in excellence. Daniel, a Semite from the tribe of Judah, him in his dark, dark skin, a Semite full of excellence, admired not just by his own, but admired by other pagan kings. One of the things we have to understand is that, yes, you can honor God and be admired by those outside of your circle of faith. You do not have to be limited to your circle of faith to influence with the faith that you have and the work ethic that you carry out. So look at this. The king said, give a command. Excuse me, uh, verse 23. The king was greatly pleased and ordered Daniel to be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den because of the, they, he, they would have left him there. The king had an order to take him out, okay? And no injury was found on him because he believed and relied and trusted on his politician and trusted upon his peer group and trusted upon his colleagues and trusted upon his family. He trusted in his God. When all forces around you, the entire 
We have the Senate, which is our higher chamber of our legislative branch of 100 members signed by the, the leader of the land. So think about 100 senators coming together in completion, or 99 senators coming together, Daniel being one of them, writing a law just so you can't pray, in an effort so that you cannot be promoted. They had to invent something legislatively to try to pin you into a corner so that the promotion that was designed for you would turn into a death sentence. Understand this concept. This concept has not died. It's still there in legislative bodies of today. Okay? However, it takes those who are in leadership. We have President Biden who now is in place. He put together leadership to free a woman who was in a situation like Daniel. She was excellent at her craft. The king set her free. I mean, the president set her free. And the world was mad. <laughs> Daniel was set free. And his world of legislators were livid. However, there was 99 new openings for senators. <laughs> Over 120, really. 120. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just speaking, speaking in par parabolically, okay? So the entire legislative body that wrote the law to imprison Daniel, they had to elect an entire new body of government because of their treacherous actions that ended generations. There was no wife that was able to go and fill their seat. There was no child to be able to go and fill their seat because God did a complete erasure of the deception. So understand, when you are up for promotion, when you become into a point where God says through the leaders of the land that you are next to rule and to reign because of your excellence, do not be afraid of legislation that tries to come against you. Because by your act of excellence, you will create seats for people of excellence to abide in because God will clean the slate. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, oh, this essential message on excellence in this hour. Father, we pray that the words that were spoken and the precepts that were expressed and the scriptures that were read, that they will go in and ignite the spirit within us with your flame of excellence as exemplified through the Holy Spirit manifested through Daniel. Lord, help us look at the ways of our lives. Look at 